In Jesus' name, amen. If uh, you all were to walk from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Lamont, Illinois, uh, down the road to 3rd Street, and if you were to make your way from 3rd Street down to Lamont Road, uh, at that point, Lamont Road is actually a bridge ca- crossing over the Des Plaines River. And if you were to work, walk from there down to the river, you would find a trail. Uh, it's a trail that I have uh, ran along and biked many, many times. If you were to walk down that trail, uh, eventually you would come to an intersection uh, where the trail is crossed over by a, a busy road. Uh, and from far away, maybe the first thing you would notice at that intersection is a tree. There's a tall tree that, that stands there. As you got closer, you would probably see that at the base of the tree are some flowers. But as you made your way closer still, you would notice that those flowers aren't natural. They're not growing from the ground. They've, they've been placed there. As you walked closer still, you would, you would see that those flowers are roses and, and that they're white. You might see that next to the roses is a little teddy bear with, with a heart around its neck. And next to the teddy bear is a little plaque with a man's name on it written in cursive. Next to the plaque, you would probably see some pictures of a hope-filled young man, someone's brother, someone's son, someone's friend. You might put two and two together and realize that those pictures go with that plaque. And as you stepped back, you would probably realize sooner rather than later that what you're looking at is a small roadside shrine, a sign of hopelessness. A little roadside shrine, an ever-present reminder of a life that is no more. A little shrine, a sign of a man who is not coming back. The, the truth is that you all don't need to go down to Lamont, Illinois to, to find a shrine or a sign or reminder of hopelessness. We can just look out into the world we live in and see plenty of hopelessness uh, staring at us in the face. There is the, the wedding ring that sits in a box on the top shelf in the closet, never to be worn again. A little shrine, a little sign, a little reminder of a hopeless marriage. There is the empty seat at the table where a loved one once sat. That's a shrine, a little sign, a reminder of, of hopelessness. There are all the images on TV. We saw them this week with the fires out in California. But maybe you've seen the, 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 the melting ice caps and the polar bears, a, a sign of, uh, of the hopeless world we live in. It doesn't look like things are getting any better. And yet, this is the season of hope, isn't it? That's what this Advent season is, is supposed to be all about, hope. We're, we're supposed to be hopeful people. But as we look out into the world, I think many of us, we, we don't see too many signs pointing us towards hope. We don't see too many reasons to be hope-filled. So we wonder, where is this hope uh, that we've heard about? Uh, We have plenty of reasons to be hopeless, but but not as many reasons to be hope-filled. But our reading for today from Psalm 85, I believe, uh, helps us in this in two ways. First, it gives us a reminder of the hope that we have as Christians. It reminds us that that as Christians, we are people who are immersed, drenched, just wet with, with hope. Uh, We have hope in abundance, but it also reminds us where we look to to find hope. When the world in front of us is filled with shrines and signs and reminders of hopelessness, Psalm 85 reminds us of where we need to look in order to find hope, uh, this Advent season, uh, but always. 
Uh, so if, if you would follow along with me, if you'd like, in your bulletin, uh, I'm going to read for you the ending of Psalm 85, because it's the end of Psalm 85 which gives us hope for the future. This psalm ends with this beautiful picture of a hope-filled eternity. Uh, so I'm going to read the end. I, uh, this week, I also found this painting. Uh, this is one artist's rendition of the ending of Psalm 85. Uh, this is one, one man's uh, depiction of that hope-filled future. And so, uh, as I read these closing words of Psalm 85 near the bottom of page 8, I invite you to, to uh, silently read along with me or maybe just reflect on this painting and listen uh, to this picture of, of hope that we are given. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Now, I don't know about you, but, but that is a future that I would like to live in. Uh, that, that is something to hope for. Right? A world where love and faithfulness come together, a, a world where righteousness and peace kiss, where faithfulness comes up from the bottom and righteousness looks down from the heavens, a world where the Lord is giving what is good in our land, yielding its harvest, that is something to look forward to. And yet we're still presented with the problem of how do we get there? Uh, we have plenty of signs pointing us towards a hopeless future, but, but how do we know that that is ours? We, we don't see too many reminders of a hope-filled future. And so what's really interesting, though, is, is that while our psalm ends by looking uh, forward, it begins by looking backwards. And our psalm, I think, reminds us that more often than not, in order to find hope in a hopeless world, we have to look back at what God has already done. And by looking backwards, then, we have the confidence and the hope and, and the surety of looking forwards to what God will do. And so this is how the psalm begins. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. You see that the psalm begins by looking backwards at all that God has done. The psalm begins by looking back to see a grace and mercy-filled world where God had forgiven and turned from his anger. And, and I think we are reminded here that, that in order to see the, the future hope that we have in God, sometimes we begin by looking backwards. As Christians, we look back to see all of the good things that God has done in order to look forward uh, to his bountiful mercy. Uh, but here's one way to think about it. How many of you here today have ever bought uh, a home or a car or rented an apartment? Anyone here today? I would think most of you, right? Now, if you paid cash for these things, this won't really apply, but if you uh, bought a home or a car on credit or if you've rented an apartment, uh, then maybe this will work. It's, it's very important when you're buying a big purchase like a home or a car to consider a couple things, right? First, you, you have to consider uh, how much money you have coming in each month you have to consider all of your other expenses, and then you have to think about, okay, how much am I able or willing to, to pay for this house or this car each month? Um, 
It's important to, to think about those monthly payments ahead of time so that a year or two down the road, you're not thinking, oh, no, I can't afford this each month. But you also have to think about something else, right? There's another large uh, payment involved, and that's the down payment. Uh, no one's going to give you the keys to a house without a down payment. And more often than not, if you're renting an apartment, they're going to ask for a down payment too. They might ask for a month or two of rent. And, and the reason why they do that is, is, is that it gives, that down payment gives the lender or the bank, the confidence that you're going to do what you said you were going to do. It's that down payment which assures the bank that six months from now, you're not just going to walk away from the car or the home and leave them with the bill. It's, it's the down payment which gives them the, the confidence and the assurance that you've got some skin in the game, that you've put a chunk of change down, and so this is important to you, it, it matters to you, and you will follow through. And, and that is kind of how it is with us and God. You see, we can have the confidence that Jesus will come again. We, we can be assured of that because of what Jesus has already done. Jesus came into this world born in a manger. That was his investment into us. That was his down payment. Because he came once, because we can look backwards and see that God has already done that, we can look forward and know, okay, Jesus will come again. As Christians, we... We can look forward and, and find the hope and, and be assured that we will be forgiven when all of this is done. We can be completely confident that when Christ comes, we will be washed clean, that he won't judge us according to our sins, but he will see us in light of Christ. And, and how do we have that hope? How do we have that confidence? Well, because we can look backwards at the cross to see God's investment, that he sent his own son to die for us. And, and if God would do that, if he would make that down payment, then we can be confident and sure, moving forward, that we will be forgiven and set free. And, and we, as Christians, can be sure that we will live eterni eternally with God. That is our hope. How can we be so confident of that? Because we can look back and see an empty tomb. And if Jesus spent all that time and made that investment to rise from the grave, to conquer death, to defeat Satan, then we can be assured that he will do the same for all eternity. As Christians, we look backwards in order to find hope for the future. In a world that gives us plenty of signs and shrines and reminders of hopelessness, sometimes, maybe most of the time, we look back at what God has already done to be assured of what he will do. This isn't just spiritually true. I, I think it is true in, in all of our lives too, right? Think about some of the, the most challenging moments of your life. And I, I think it, at those times, at least some of the time, we look backwards, right? When you are struggling in your job and, and you're not sure of, of your career, maybe you've lost a job, sometimes it's good to look back, right, to, to maybe that, that hope-filled graduation day. When you had no job opportunities lined up, you had no idea what the future would bring, but, but graduations are hope-filled days when the world is before you and anything is possible. And, and if you were able to make it then, uh, then maybe in the future you will have a hope. Or, or maybe it's this way with your, your children, right? Uh, you don't know what to do as a parent. You're really struggling. Well, look back to that day that you held that little baby, that sweet little baby in your arms. And, and you knew at that moment, at least you probably did, that the teenage years were coming. And you knew there was going to be a lot of sleepless nights and dirty diapers and, and struggles along the way. But when you held that baby in your arms, I would imagine that is a hope-filled moment. And when the kids are driving you crazy, you look back to that day, to the day you held them in your arms. 
uh, to find a reason to keep on going. And it's this way in our relationships, in our, in our marriages, when, when the marriage is crumbling and, and struggling and, and you wonder if the spouse will leave you, sometimes look back uh, to that day when, when you made a vow and a promise to each other, when that other person stood in front of you and said that they would never walk away till death do you part. It, in order to find hope for the future, sometimes, even in our everyday lives, we look back. And, and that's how it is with God. See, brothers and, and sisters, in a world filled with signs and shrines and little reminders of hopelessness, God has called us to look backwards, to, to let the manger be our shrine, to let that be the sign of God's faithfulness, to let that be the reminder of the hope-filled future he has for us. He calls us to look back to the cross, to let that be the sign, the reminder, the hope that we have for tomorrow. As Christians, we look back and, and we see a way behind us littered with God's mercy and grace, which then allows us to look forward and trust that that same mercy and grace will lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen.